This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 067. Hey everyone! Hello! In this episode, Cantonese food right from the source, we're going back to Hong Kong! Yes! Yeah, we love Hong Kong! Yep, from the down and dirty cooked food markets all the way up to some premium French tapas. Hong Kong is a foodie's paradise, for sure. Yeah, so get ready for a food-filled Hong Kong podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope you're getting hungry. I, I was very hungry. I was eating a lot of a stuff. Lot. Maybe even like when we weren't hungry, we were still eating because it, it's good. Yeah, we just kept eating. So yeah, we had to go back to Hong Kong. Really, it was one of those things. Where, like, it's one of our favorite cities in the world, and it's just such a melting pot of cuisine. We love the food. So good. So yeah, we knew it was going to work out well, and it did. Of course, uh, we did do some other things. We didn't just eat twenty four seven. No, uh, we took a fantastic harbor tour. Uh, yes. On a traditional Chinese junk boat. And mm. uh, we did get some seriously comfortable sleep with a couple of uh, hotel brands that we were working with while in Hong Kong. Yeah, and as well as that, we caught up with our friend Chris Poon, who you may remember was our interviewee back in episode three of the podcast, all the way back at the start. Ooh. Yeah, and he took us to a semi-secret and rather quirky Mr. Wong's. Oh, Mr. Wong. The restaurant and alleged yeah. money laundering service. It's an interesting place. Alleged. It's alleged money laundering. Yeah, we're Just not, saying. not saying anything officially here. We don't want to be chased down by any triads or whatever. I think they're called triads, but eh, okay. Is it tri- It is triads. The triads. Oh, it is. I don't watch enough of those kung fu movies to really know what they're called. Yeah, we don't want to be chased down by the triads, though. Uh, we've got no evidence. This is just comical conjecture. That is all. We have no idea no. if any money laundering is going on. It was just, uh, we'll explain a bit more about why <laughs> that sentence came up later on in the show. <laughs> yeah, but if uh, you haven't listened to that episode with Chris, that was a really good one that we did uh, last year, talking about his favorite spots in Hong Kong and how uh, the protests were going yeah, on Yeah, they had the protests time. back then. So, yeah, really interesting podcast. So head back to travelfreedompodcast.com slash 003 and take a listen. But, but don't now. do it now. No, no, don't do it right now. Listen to this one. Go and listen to it later after this one. But let's get on with uh, more recent stuff. And we'll also be talking more about Mr. Wong later. Yeah, so when we were in Hong Kong, we stayed once again with one of our favorite hotel chains. Uh, they are called Ozo Hotels, which is part of the Onyx Group. So we love working with them as their focus is on sleep. And mm. I love sleep. Because sleep's good. Yeah, sleep. They have really comfortable beds, comfy pillows, blackout curtains, which yes. is awesome. Really quiet rooms and some really great late checkout options as well. Yeah, and Ozo Hong Kong is on Hong Kong Island near Admiralty in Wan Chai. So it's like a really central part of that area. And the bus from the airport dropped us like just a minute or two down the street. So yeah. literally it was one bus from the airport. We got off, walked up the street for a couple of minutes and went, yay! Really convenient. Now we can go to sleep. It also was really close to some tasty egg tarts. Ooh, egg tarts, yeah. And Burrington Cooked Food Market. We're going to be talking about both of those things later. Yeah. Um, another shout out for the other hotel we worked with. It's actually Mahjong Design Hostel. 
So it wasn't a hotel. And they yeah. have queen bed dorm rooms yes. in those like, capsule-style ones. Yeah, so I know we don't... We always say that, oh, we don't stay in dorm rooms. It's not what we do. We thought this was really quirky because, yeah, queen bed capsule dorm rooms. So we thought that was quirky, so we stayed with them. We were really surprised at how much space they had in the rooms with these six beds all sort yeah, of capsule-style. Yeah, for style. Hong Kong, you're like, wow, how come these rooms are so big? Yeah, we had three bathrooms to share between six beds. Yeah. 12 so, people. And, there, yeah. and it wasn't... It wasn't full. It wasn't we full. There, so. We pretty much had three bathrooms, mostly to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, the other reason we like to stay in design places is because we like these beautiful artistic spaces. And Mahjong especially had lots of interesting furniture. It's a bit quirky. Murals on the wall. Lots of, you know, custom artwork. So, yeah, yeah really we like cool. that. Really, and really it was cool a, a different part of town. It was actually in Tokwa Wan... Uh, which is on the Kowloon side rather than Hong Kong Island. So we got to do both sides. Yeah, so this area is a much less touristy area. So we discovered some pretty sensational and actually award-winning honey pork and goose. Mm, goose. It was just down the street. We were just walking down the street and we saw it and we we're like, got to try it. But we're going to tell you more about that later. But first, there was really only one reason we had to go back to Hong Kong. And this is it. We came back to Hong Kong with one real mission. <laughs> that was to eat egg tarts again. Like our bodies weight worth of egg tarts. The strange thing is in Hong Kong, they make the egg tarts in a way I've just never tasted egg tarts like that anywhere else in the world. They just freaking nail it. So you might have tried the Portuguese equivalent, which has like the flaky pastry, like the puff pastry sort of bottom. And it's almost a little bit more custardy in Hong Kong. They a short crust pastry and it's a little bit more eggy. The pastry is just really sort of buttery. It's almost like eating shortbread, uh -huh. which is amazing. And what's, I mean, you might not even know what the hell we're going on about right now. So an egg tart, if you haven't had one before, it is an egg custard tart. Essentially the yellow custard on the inside obviously is made with eggs and it's got a pastry shell. And these things are small, you know, they're, they're like the size of a small cupcake. This egg mixture that they have on the ones here is like fluorescent yellow almost. You know if it doesn't glow, it's not really a proper egg tart. <laughs> but we've come to um, Tai Chong, which is a bakery chain but it's actually one of the most popular bakery chains in Hong Kong. And this is where Chris Patton, the last UK councillor general of Hong Kong was. He was the guy who handed over Hong Kong back to the Chinese in 1999. And this was the place he used to come for his egg tarts. Apparently these were his favourite egg tarts. Oh, there you go. Little fun fact for you. I've well, done my research. I can say he has chosen some rather good egg tarts. Yeah. So if you're in Hong Kong and you see these, you'll see them everywhere. But Tai Chong Bakery is a really good one. But... Yeah, every damn bakery, every corner store seems to have egg tarts. Some are great, some are okay, but in general, they're still going to be tasty. No, generally, no, they're not okay. Some are great and some are awesome. Yeah. That's the level of egg tartness. Fair enough. I agree with that. Still, if you don't have an egg tart when you come to Hong Kong, you haven't really been to Hong Kong. Yeah. It's one of those things. Do it. Yes, yes, yes. I love egg tarts so much. No, 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 no. I just don't know why they can't make them as well in other countries. We've tried them in many, many different places. And I know that there's a controversy. A lot of people out there are like, what? They made them awesome in Portugal. Or have you had the Macau ones? We prefer the Hong Kong ones. You can, you can complain at us, whatever. We might start some controversy here. But we 
prefer the Hong Kong ones. It's hard to say if the people who are creating this controversy have had the Hong Kong ones. That is Or hilarious. if they're just going, we don't know what you're talking about. Why are you saying Hong Kong would do the best ones? I've had amazing ones elsewhere. It's like, well, no, it's not true. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Anyway, so let's start off our food journey, the rest of our food journey for the show, with something a little bit fancy before we get down and dirty later on with yes. the, the real local Cantonese food. Uh, one of the places that we worked with while we were there was Alchemy Concept Restaurant, and that's in Lang Kwai Fong. Super funky area of town. This is like the nightlife district where you'll find elegant and exciting bars and restaurants and craft beer and wine and late night drinking and dining and it's just 7-Eleven yeah but it is it's the happening part of um of Hong Kong it's Lang Kwai Fung is the the hip area and Alchemy is tucked away just a little bit up the hill yep so we arranged to dine at Alchemy twice actually in the end which was uh, crazy the two different meal experiences completely different ones I want to talk about both of those a little bit and um, just to give you a heads up about how impressed we were with the food there um, their calamari dish made it onto our best foods of 2015 so yeah it was that damn good it was like only about seven or eight dishes made it onto that list and yeah. this was one of them um, the restaurant decor of the place uh, it's like this ancient apothecary sort of theme with dark wood and potion bottles on the bar everything was really thought out the chef's wife Jackie I think had a lot to do with the design aspects of it and everything had its place everything was designed to just all sort of fit it together drew, it draws you into that feeling yeah. of yeah, old worldy sort of Ancient, ooh, mystical. Yes. But then delicious food from Chef Pascal, who's actually from France. He is French and he trained in France. And so he brought a lot of traditional French technique to create the incredible menu that they have. And it changes all the time. So they go, they're one of those places that does like, oh, these fresh ingredients are really fresh at the moment. So we're buying these today and we're changing the menu up a little bit. So they do have lots of regular dishes that they have on quite often. Like the calamari, I think it's something they put on quite a lot. But they also have new seasonal. things coming in. Seasonal things coming yeah. in. Yeah. Great. So our two separate dining experiences, so it included a lunch of tapas, or with that sort of French influence, though. Yeah, um, so not, not the so traditional Spanish. tapas you think, though. It's like a French tapas, lots of small plates. Yeah. That calamari we mentioned was one of the top dishes. Uh, also yeah. a venison carpaccio with truffle and truffle oil. I so loved that. Fancy stuff. So yeah. we said we were starting off fancy. And that's the great thing about Hong Kong. You've got everything from the super, super five-star dining to um, Michelin star burgers, which we also had uh, at one point, and all the way down to the, the real the local hawkers traditional markets. hawkers sort of Cantonese food. Yeah. But yeah, the rich meat of that venison carpaccio with the really strong sort of truffle flavor, the truffle oil especially, that, yeah, really unusual, interesting mm. sort of mix. Love also, it. the duck breast. Yes. That Just was a classic highlight. duck breast with like a red wine sauce. Um, it was brilliant. Yeah, just a little portion because they're all tapas little portions. Yeah, so one of the things that Chef Pascal actually is known for is his pressed duck. We didn't actually get to try it because it's something you have to pre-order. It's a bit complicated to prepare. He trained in France to learn how to do the special pressed duck technique and he's brought it to Hong Kong. Yeah, so you get a partially roasted duck and it's got its, its liver and breast and the legs are removed and then all of the carcass parts are put into this duck press which is like this tabletop domed metal device with a, a wheel on top that you spin around to crush the carcass and all the blood and stuff comes out so it sounds a bit weird and, and crazy but uh, this is then used, all the sort of juices that are used from this press to make a sauce, it's mixed with the liver, believe it or not 
So it's very French. Very French, <laughs> very French yeah. using all of these different bits to in a very creative way. And then that sauce is then used to cook like the duck breast to finish the duck breast. And then that's served. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of effort to make a sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is quite a special thing for them to, to put this on. So we didn't get to try it, which is really frustrating. But apparently it's very popular in Paris. It's something you can go and get done there as they invented it there. Yeah. So, yeah. One day, maybe we'll go and try this an yeah. unusual duck experience. Um, but of course, we had a second dining experience at Alchemy, not duck or tapas related. We went for a dine in the dark. Yes, this was the main thing that grabbed my attention with Alchemy because I thought this is a really cool experience. And these sort of dining experiences are popping up all over the world. But Alchemy is the only one that's doing it in Hong Kong at the moment. Yeah, so you eat in pitch black darkness. It really is. It's not like having a blindfold on or something. It's They take you downstairs. There's loads and loads of layers of curtains so that it's completely dark. You cannot see anything. You cannot see your hand in front of your face. No. And the thing that's really interesting is you are actually waited on by people who are blind themselves or have, you know, are in vision impaired. So it's sort of stepping into their world to see what it's like to eat and not be able to see. And it's really hard. Like you end up finding yourself just fumbling around the plate with your hands because using a knife and fork is impossible. Yeah. Getting food to mouth does not happen when using a knife and fork. So you just got to go hands in. Yeah, unless you want to fork a piece of chicken onto your chin. It's just <laughs> sort of thing that happens. Or even just trying to get your fork into the food. Yeah, you keep I usually, missing the food. I came up it's with like, nothing. Yeah, like, oh, good. Like nothing. Nothing again. Nothing, Brilliant. Nothing. Nothing. But, food! Yeah. Nothing. 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 <laughs> Yeah, we gave up. We went hands in, yeah. which is uh, what we did. So it's good. We opted for the five course with wine pairing. So we went all out on this one. Uh, we managed to guess only about 50% of the food because it's amazing how confused your taste buds get when you actually can't see the food. Yeah. We, we even had like a chicken dish that we first, we thought it was beef when we smelt it come in and then we had to taste it. We're like, we're not sure if this is beef. Well, we knew it wasn't beef texture wise. So no. we figured it had, maybe it was duck because it was, maybe it was a bit Get like yeah, a bit media, gamey, uh, media sort yeah. of flavor, but nope, it was wrong. chicken. It yeah. was chicken. How is that possible? But um, they change the menu quite regularly, so don't worry. We're hopefully not ruining the experience for you. Uh, we don't want to tell you about everything we ate because it, you know. The guessing is the fun part, yeah, and then they show fun. it to you on an iPad at the end. So you go upstairs and they show you exactly what it was that you ate. Yeah. But uh, if you want to see some of our sexy food shots that we took at the tapas lunch. Uh, and also to find out the exact location of Alchemy, head to the show notes, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 067 and go drool over some food porn. Mm, yeah, the tapas was very beautifully presented. So we actually done Dine in the Dark once before in Cambodia. And I'd say the Hong Kong one was definitely better, mainly because the food quality was better. Fine dining in the dark. Yes, fine dining in the dark rather than Cambodian budget dining yeah, in the dark. Yeah, the wine and food pairing was uh, yes. very nice. Having done. the wines was good. I think in Cambodia we had a rum and coke with our meal. <laughs> It wasn't, wasn't quite as fancy <laughs> as proper wine pairings. So, yeah, awesome at Alchemy. All right, so that is our fancy high-class dining experience. Now we want to move on to something much, much more traditional. Uh, we needed to get as local as possible because we do like to make sure we eat local food everywhere we go. And although street food isn't really something that happens in Hong Kong in the same way as it does in Asia, the nearest thing they have now are called cooked food markets. They're a bit like hawker markets, but they're not quite because you don't have necessarily hundreds of stalls in one place. You might have like a few restaurants all in one place, but it is like very affordable and very traditional food normally. Uh, they're all over Hong Kong as well. Yeah. I don't know. There's like 75 or maybe more 
cook food market. Yeah, so you just you don't can even know one. they're there. No, but there's a big list. Actually, if you go on the show notes, you'll find there's a big list of where all of them are. You can go and find them for yourself. But we went to Burrington Food Market. We to, tell everybody to go there. Too. Yes, we've told a few people afterwards, and they've been very impressed as well. So let's go to the clip. Lemon chicken. You've heard of it. You've probably eaten it. You've never eaten it quite like this before. We are sitting here in Burrington Market, Cook Food Market. There's about three other people who are foreigners in here and everyone else, of which as you can probably hear from the noise, of which there is many other people. All locals. This place is raw and dirty. The floor is dirty. They're open from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. They only have a four-hour break before breakfast starts. It's a fucking crazy place. But the food here, second night in a row, has been fantastic, proper Cantonese cuisine at reasonable prices. Really, you're paying sort of 6 to $10 for a regular dish. And that regular dish is huge. It's a dish that, just that one dish, you don't need rice, you don't need noodles, you don't need anything on the side. That's enough for one person. Just the protein of the dish is enough. Ideally, you're meant to come here with a big group of friends and all just buy a couple of dishes and share it all. So between two people, we bought two separate dishes. So I ordered the crispy chicken wings with salt. And spice. And spice, which are the chilies that are sitting on top. And it actually came out, it's these, yeah, deep fried chicken wings, perfectly deep fried. And there is this layer over the top of peanuts, chili, uh, there's some spring onion in there. It's this really fabulous, crunchy, yet fresh bite when you yeah. bite into it. And it takes a while to bite into it because it comes out steaming hot, like super, like, oh, burn your face off hot. And I don't know, I haven't had chicken wings this crispy very often. Normally the outside of the skin could be a little bit soft, but these are crazy, crazy crispy. And the lemon chicken, it's also a deep fried chicken in a shell in some sort of batter. But, uh, But it's so crispy. It's really, really crispy. And the sauce. It's really interesting with the sauce we had last night on the pork ribs as well. The sauce is just there. It's on the plate. You can coat your meal in it. But it's not like glutinous and sticky and weird like cheap sauces you get in the West seem to be where they just stick to everything and you're like, what is this actually made with? This one is clearly made with fresh ingredients. It's made with lemon. It's made with some sugar. It's made with a few other things. I think there's honey in there. Maybe. There might be some honey in there. I'm not sure. Plenty of oil, I'm sure. Always oil. It's a Cantonese classic. But still, it's by far the best lemon chicken I've had. Because normally lemon chicken seems like a bit of a cop-out. It's a real basic dish that doesn't really include any flavor. It's just that generic side dish that you people have. You called it a girl's dish. Be <laughs> well, honest. You called it a girl's dish. If you don't want any spice, you can guarantee lemon chicken won't have any spice. This doesn't need spice. It really is that flavorful. The lemon really is so strong and attacks your palate the second you put it in your mouth, but in a great way. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I have to eat my words and say lemon chicken can be great, especially if you get it in Hong Kong. So here's an interesting cultural thing that we see around here and we've been told is you don't eat straight off the bowl in the middle, even though like you're serving yourself into these tiny little bowls, personal bowls. You are supposed to serve a little bit of food into a tiny bowl and then eat it, and then a little bit more food into a tiny bowl and then eat it. Is it right for me to sit at a dinner table and say, can I have some toilet paper? In Hong Kong, yes. Got to admit it, the lemon chicken was good. Mm, that was really good. So we actually visited the Burrington Market twice. Yeah, and on the other occasion when we were there, we had a sort of fried eggplant in a tomato and minced pork sauce. Oh, yeah. And this dish actually made it on our top 15 foods of Asia back in 2014. So not the same as the 2015 list. Um, because, I don't know, we haven't seen it anywhere outside no. of the Canton region. We've had a couple of people really good. Like, message us about this when they've come across the article. And they're like, no, you can get it at blah, blah, blah in China. Or you can get it blah. And we're like, well... We haven't seen it there. Yeah, we never saw it on menus. But then menus are often in Chinese, so we couldn't tell. <laughs> we but just missed it. It's definitely something we've seen on a lot of menus in Hong Kong, so it's obviously quite a popular dish around there. Um, they also serve this pork rib lollipop. And I'm that like, weird. This, oh, but it tasted good. No, it was good. good. I mean, it looked weird. I loved weird. it. Yeah, it was so unusual. It's like four giant pork ribs in this sort of very thin salty and sour sauce like brown color is pretty tasty when it was actually mixed with the meat it worked really well but it wasn't like the ribs that you'd expect it wasn't like a, a big piece of of like baby back or something it was literally like you'd got a giant fat piece of pork loin and stuck it on a tiny stick it was really strange yeah see so we'll put some photos in the show notes if we can for it but um yeah the meat was really succulent it also had this sort of sweetness to the meat that really counteracted the the sour sauce that it came with it so it did work yeah well. it had been solidly marinated in something yeah something was, was going on yeah i want that recipe because that was really good so some photos and translations and stuff for all the food that we've been talking about at Burrington are going to be in the show notes hopefully we've done the best we can but uh, we don't speak Cantonese so hopefully you can find these things yourself if you go to Burrington Market which you should then they have a menu that actually has English on it so that made it nice and oh, easy oh it was easy yeah but yeah. it was a much shorter menu everyone yes. else had these big menus yeah. this is like the tiny white people menu it seemed very unfair they hadn't translated everything uh, well, all these dishes were messing out on by not speaking local languages <sighs> okay so we're going to take a very short break from food because yes. we can't talk about food the whole time. Well, we could. We could. But we're not going to. So let's talk about one of the experiences we did that wasn't food related. Yes, we went on a fabulous harbour cruise with wine. So yes, no food, but there was wine. Of course. Oh, it turns out wine is a fantastic accompaniment to cruising. Yes. I, we already knew this because we used to work on cruise ships. Yes, and we always used to drink wine. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Why not? No cocktails, but this is all about wine. So we took uh, the tour with Aqualuna. Uh, so it's an old style junk boat. So the ones that you see that's the big dark wooden boats with the big red sails. It's really iconic in Hong Kong Harbour. So inside the boat, you'll see it's all intricately carved wood. And of course, there was a bar. Which was nicely carved as well. It was. But yeah, you only see a few of these boats sailing around the harbour. So there's not that many of them around. So it was very awesome to actually be on one. Yeah. Because we'd seen them in the harbour so many times. I've been like, who's getting to go on those cruises? How do I go on that cruise? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. 
And so Hong Kong actually made it into the Guinness Book of Records for their world-famous Symphony of Lights, which happens at 8 p.m. every night. The harbour like, comes alive with all these colourful beams dancing off all the buildings. It's like this 360-degree musical panorama of sound and light. And uh, the skyscrapers all around the coastline have all got like different lights on them. They've even got maybe some uh, some graphical displays so they have like pictures it's coming up it's hard to and explain stuff. if you it haven't is, seen how yeah. the buildings work it's like the building itself is like a it's part of the show it's like a tv building like yeah so it does all these images and, ah you gotta see it it's it's interesting yeah and uh, it comes together to create this 15 minute show at 8 p.m every yeah. single night beautiful night on the river uh, on the river on the river out on the water um i don't think we could have asked for more perfect weather. Yeah. It's really nice. And you get to see both sides of the performance by being in the middle of the harbour. Yes. Because otherwise, like, last time we were there, we saw from one side, and that was it. So, yeah, you get to, like, go, ooh, what's happening on that side? Ooh, ooh, what's happening on the other ooh, side? Oh, look at that. Yeah. So, really nice out there. Uh, on a hot evening, you've got a cool breeze coming through. It was really, really pleasant. Really I think nice. You and there's the, um, was it, <laughs> you lost your shoe. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> getting off the boat because I just wanted to say that the staff were really fantastic and really friendly because we met Captain Freddy I think that's what his name was I think it was Fred Freddy um, and yes as we were getting off the boat something happened and Tom lost his flip flop I was messing with my camera or something and not really paying attention. Straight into the water. Both of the guys, when they, they get you off the boat so that you don't fall in the water, they grab you by both arms and they literally like throw you off the boat to yeah. be like, don't fall in. And then I was like, I'm not ready. Fuck off. And then my shoe came off. And it went straight. <laughs> flip-flop, of course. Not a shoe. It'd be weird if a whole giant shoe came off. Yeah, but yeah, flip-flop. my flip-flop just flipped off straight into the water <laughs> and they were trying to fish it out with this long pole and eventually it got washed under the harbour it was front gone it's just for good like, but the uh, funny thing yeah, is yeah. the captain ran inside and came out with like a pair of like it's like an old pair of crocs crocs yeah an old pair of crocs and gave them to tom and we were like oh we'll return them to him and he's like no 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 so tom had to wear <laughs> i mean tiny tiny crocs tiny feet crocs <laughs> all night walking around hong kong but it was very nice of him to do that yeah. so yeah the staff were fantastic really really nice people yeah so that was aqualuna there's a few photos on the show notes travelfriendpodcast.com slash zero six seven all right back to food we knew we were it going back to food long, yeah. yeah after that little non-food interlude this next thing is very exciting because we got this honey pork and goose we mentioned that earlier right down the road from our design hostel called mahjong the place was just called barbecue pork restaurant yeah that was it i mean it probably has a local name but the only english on it was that anyway we've got a clip so let's go to that we're at a place called Barbecue Pork Restaurant. They've kept it simple with the translation. Uh, they've got one English menu, which they've given us, which is very kind of them to actually be able to provide an English menu. Everything else is fully in Cantonese. They're very welcoming. It's like some restaurants that you can come across overseas, they get a little nervous when you want to go in there. And yeah, they're just like, come in. Yes, we have an English menu. Yes, come on. Sit down. Eat our food. But we're burying lead right now. We're eating goose. It's not just goose. This is... I've never had goose this good. And I don't know how they've managed to make the skin this dark brown without completely overcooking the inside. The inside is still just very slightly pink. 
very slightly. It is it is cooked. It is cooked through. And we have to admit at the moment we're up to our second round of goose. First round, we actually ordered a goose and what they have is a honey barbecue pork, which is a specialty here because they've actually won awards for their honey barbecue pork. That's their dish. That's what the restaurant is named after, the barbecue pork restaurant. And damn, their barbecue pork is amazing. It's just so soft and so sweet. And you're like, okay, if you've had pork off a street vendor before, normally it's got a little bit of chew to it, perhaps. But this, it literally melts away the second you start chewing into it. I just couldn't believe how good the pork is. And obviously it's got that real sweet Asian flavor to it. Which is killer. But having the goose on the side as well, I just, I have no idea how they managed to get the skin. It's super crispy. All the fat's rendered away. So it's obviously been cooked relatively long. And yet the meat on the inside is, yeah, that's still slightly thick. And the flavor, it is so rich. If I've roasted my own goose, which I have a couple of times, it doesn't taste anything like this. <laughs> the meat just has so much intensity to it. They know something you don't know. Yeah, they know how to roast goose. It's all they do all day, and they get won awards for it. And of course, the best news is that you can get a big old plate of meat with some rice on the side for about six US dollars, maybe less if you. This second dish we ordered actually cost five US dollars. And it's a sizable portion of goose with a lot of rice. A lot of rice. Way we too much rice. rice. No, we won't eat the rice. But I actually saw a woman just devour an entire plate of this to herself. Because that's how they roll in Hong Kong. They like to eat. And this place isn't on Google Maps. I had a look earlier because we we actually walked past this place after lunch and went, okay, that's where we're going for dinner. Award-winning honey barbecue pork. Yes, yes, please. Reasonable prices. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. So we walked past and went, cool, we want to come back here. But we knew we had a bottle of wine with us that we have to drink before we leave Hong Kong. First world problems. Yeah, first world problems. We have to drink this bottle of wine we got given for free. Oh my God, terrible, terrible disaster. Right, what are we going to do about this? So we went to the person at the hostel and said, can you write down in Cantonese just the words, we have a bottle of wine, is it possible we can drink it in your restaurant, is that okay? And he thought we were nuts. Yeah. He was, was like, like, seriously? Okay. And we're like, yeah, sure. please, just write it down. <laughs> but it works perfectly. I showed it to the guy and he went, yep. He did a thumbs up. Cups. He did a thumbs up for us. Second we showed it to him, he's like, yep. And we're like, cool. And he brought us two more cups. Sweet. And I'm glad he did, because I would not have wanted to miss out on this amazing meat purely because of the wine. I think we'd have had to eat here anyway. We were going to eat here anyway. We knew it. We just would have had the wine later. But it's such a lovely combination anyway. I'm just pulling off pure fatty, fatty, fat, fat skin right now. It's naughty. And it's going to taste good. But yeah, it's all crispy. You don't have that layer of gooey fat. No, no. It's sometimes too too much. This is it's, no, it's really melted thin. away, and it's, I guess it's all melted into the meat. That's probably why the meat's got so much more flavour than usual. Yeah, intense, gamey perfection. So we will put the location for that on the show notes. It is actually on Google Maps, but you won't find it by typing in "honey barbecue pork restaurant." No. That won't work. But we've uh, we've put a little link 
on the show notes. So, what else did we get up to? We were actually really lucky to be in Hong Kong at the same time as the Wine and Spirits Fair, which was hosted by Portugal Wine mm-hmm. Association. Yes, we love Portuguese wine. Yeah, so as if eating wasn't enough for us, of course, we had to go and do some drinking as well. Who'd have guessed? Who would have Us? Guessed? What? Say what? what? Uh, the Wine and Spirits Fair was huge. I don't think I've actually been to a Wine and Spirits Fair this big or I don't know, any sort of trade event like that. It just No, massive. we went to the Food and Wine Festival on the Gold Coast one time. Much and smaller. this was like twice the size yeah, and just two or three times the size. Just booze. Yeah. And we particularly enjoyed the wine and port from Portugal, of course. They were the feature destination, but I mean they're just great anyway, even if they hadn't been the feature country for the show, I think we'd have just We kept gravitating towards the Portugal stands. We want to go back and just live in Portugal so we can drink wine and port yes. forever. But the big surprise did actually come from discovering a couple of wines from Thailand, which we had no idea that they actually have wineries here. I think there's two. Yeah, well, at least there was two that were featured at the show. There might be a few more in Thailand, but yeah. they weren't there. Because, uh, yeah, we had really bad wine when we went to Burma. And we were in Inlay Lake. There was a winery there. It was just it's all the wine good. was awful. I just figured that maybe the climate in these areas just isn't good for wine. Yeah, maybe the soil's not good. Like, the Who region knows? just isn't for it. But Silver Lake Winery, uh, that's near Pattaya. Yeah. Uh, they had some really great flavors to offer. And then yeah. there is another one. I can't remember the name. No, I can't it. remember the other one, but it was a further north, like Isan region, perhaps. But as we said, there aren't many of them. So just <laughs> look up wineries look up in Thailand and you'll probably hit it. Another one we really enjoyed, uh, we get, did get to try a few Australian wines because I had been missing my Aussie wines, and Molly Duca, which is actually, it's like an Australian slang for lefties, for left handed people. So uh, Molly Duca was a really good wine and award winning wine as well. And cool labels. Yes, I love all the design. It's really, if you go to their website, I think it's just like mollyduka.com. Check it out. Probably .com.au. Could be .au. Really cool designs um, for their whole website and especially all of their wine bottles. Yep. So if you do like wine, try and make your next trip to Hong Kong during November. I think they have it in the same month every year. But just check out the dates on the internet. Search it up on Google because, yeah, it's just massive and there's so much wine and we just drank so much wine for hours and it was, it was brilliant. It was a great day. <laughs> Such a happy day. Yeah. Okay, so final story of today. Uh, it's almost a story corner, but I don't think it's quite a story corner. We're not going to go that far. No. But Mr. Wong's was certainly a, a curious experience, mainly because of Mr. Wong himself. He was but a quirky dude. He was quirky. But also because for eight US dollars, Mr. Wong will serve you an all-you-can-eat food and beer festival of food almost well it's yeah. not really it's just some basic cantonese cooking you got your fried rices and, and all it's, this yeah it's basics but it was tasty and the funny thing is it is actually just outside in the alleyway there's a massive cool box just full of beers and that's where you go you just go out into the alley and you help yourself that's what the or you can drink sort of yeah thing happens. we had about six beers each yeah just, we're just like it's on that. let's drink it up so I've got no idea how they're making a profit there. Uh, but the menu isn't really a menu. It's pretty much whatever what they doing. have. Yeah, like, oh, Mr. Wong, what do you have today? Oh, we have uh, egg rolls. We yeah. Have some stir-fried beef and we have some fried rice. Okay, thanks, Mr. Wong. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> Mr. That. Wong. We'll have some broccoli. Thanks, Mr. Wong. Yeah. But yeah, you're going to be full by the end because it said they'll bring you more food if you eat all the first lot of food, which you won't because they'll it bring you so much food. food to start with that you won't eat it all. And Hong Kong's a pretty pricey place, so it's a really good 
deal to go and get this, you know, all you can eat, all you can drink kind of thing. It's not gourmet food. It's it's not alchemy food. No. It's not even Burlington Market food. No, it's just it's sustenance. But it's not bad. It's, no, it's tasty. It's tasty It's tasty food. and it's, filling. Just yeah. basic. And, yeah, I mean, I guess you've got to think, like, the beers cost maybe $1 each if you went and bought them at 7-Eleven. And maybe he gets them a bit cheaper than that because he's buying a bulk. But seriously, once you've had three or four of those, five of those, he's got to be running at a loss, right? Mr. Wong cannot be making a profit, which no. is why we we're all joking about the fact that he must be money laundering. Yeah. Because there's just, just no a way. for his illegal activities. Or... or maybe he, you know, the beer fell off the back of a lorry or something. Hey. So he just found the beer in the alley. Maybe it's not even his beer. Maybe it's like his neighbor's beer. <laughs> Neighbor keeps coming down drunk every morning going, I thought I had more beer than this. Better go buy more beer. Yeah. Who oh, knows? It's just so Whatever weird. the story is, well, but, money laundering tastes good. Yeah, money laundering tastes really good. I love it. But still, this is a joke. Joking. We're joking. Just no money jokes. laundering. Uh, no, no crime going on here. We don't know anything about it and we're not involved. The main thing was that Mr. Wong was hilarious he's as i said he's a random quirky middle-aged dude and the place is really just full of students especially foreign students yeah, actually a lot of, foreign, a lot of foreign, students. foreign students and so mr wong likes to flirt with the girls and ask them to marry him and all that sort of stuff and i'm pretty certain his missus is in the kitchen cooking everything up while he's out front flirting hiding money <laughs> she's yeah. busy hiding money you go Mr. Wong distract the customers <laughs> while Mrs. Wong hides the money but it's okay he's not sleazy he's just random yeah like really random so we highly recommend it take your 8 US dollars or 50 60 Hong Kong dollars it's about 60 Hong Kong dollars like take your money and go and see Mr. Wong and go and enjoy lots of beers and his random non-illegal activities Okay, it's almost the end of the show. What time is it? Travel homework time. Oh, that's right. So we want you to sort of create your own dine-in-the-dark experience at home. Yeah. Um, create a fort. <laughs> create a fort and a fort put on a darkness. blindfold and get someone else to plate your food so you don't know what's on the plate or what they've made or where it is. And then try and eat your meal with a knife and fork without being able to see anything. And then guess exactly what you're eating. Yeah. It's really interesting and harder than you think. Yes, because I guarantee you will have a lot of trouble trying to eat with a knife and fork. Uh, if they feed you peas, for example, <laughs> I mean, that is going to be something... I, for one, would be cranky because I hate peas. Yeah, but Ew. I think maybe if they gave you peas, that would be hilarious and you should film it and you should put it on YouTube <laughs> and go, my DIY dine-in-the-dark experience and then just watch as you drop all the food all over your carpet. That'd be brilliant. Awesome. Do it. And tweet us about it at My Travel Freedom. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback. So tweet us at My Travel Freedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.